You are now listening to an all-new episode of The Last Men Potting. I'm your host, Ahmad, back this week with my co-host, Steve, and together we make The Last Men Potting. Steve, how the fuck you doing this week? I'm doing all right. I didn't get a chance to do my hair this morning, but, um, you know, sometimes I guess we just all have to make adjustments, so um, it's fine. I'll, I'll be able to make it through without it. Without doing your hair? Yeah. <laughs> You look like you got you got a rough a rough deal going on over there. <laughs> like what, what, what happened to your stash? You you know you you try to go to the barber shop and some of these barbers they just they get a little bit too excited with their craft. It's like it's like yo I'm about to change the game with this haircut. It's like look you just tr- just trim it down a little bit. Don't get rid of the stash. Like you gotta be out here looking crazy. Now, how, how did you react like when he get, when he handed you the mirror and you saw that your stash was gone? That's that's that, that's cool. That's cool. Like like because you know it's it's too late now. You just gotta wait for it to grow back. But like that that is my main barber. So I guess we'll just have to you know come together because you know like having a barber that's like uh, having a great barber is like having a great woman. So we'll just have to discuss it. I'll just pull him to the side and be like, hey, look, can't have you out here shaving my stash all the way down. Give me some stash. Like just. Shave it down about 75%. Like just give me a little bit of stash. I can't I can't have no stash. Especially because I got I still got this thing. Like it'd probably look a little bit better if I shave this down, but like I just have I just have like a goatee with no go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just got the tea now. I'll have the goatee. Yeah, that's funny, like the whole barber situation, because it's like once you have a good barber, it's like you don't want to piss them off. Yeah. And like and be like, yo, you fucked my shit up. Like, maybe he'll tell you go get your shit cut somewhere else. And yo, then you got like six months to try to find a good barber. That's again. what I'm saying. Because he gets me in, he gets me out, and he's efficient enough to where is the cut, like, you know, you don't get hacked, as they say in the hood. Like, you know, it's like, damn, this nigga hacked the shit out. Like, I, you know, the bowl cuts and shit like that. Like, he's efficient. He gets you in like 20 minutes, and it's an okay cut. It's a decent enough cut to where you can look presentable around the females. Because that's all you get a haircut for, like, you could go in as long as your shit not super crazy. You could get a job, you know what I mean. Like you only get a fresh line up to try to get some holes. So that that's like the whole purpose of a haircut. Is it, is that still the purpose of a haircut <laughs> at, at this point in the game? Yeah, why not? Holes? Like, come on now. All right. You, you'll get well, as currency said if, if you think they like your haircut fair enough yeah well he also said like yo like let me go grab my andy's clippers so like so we can uh do get sh- look sharp for the bit what he say on the bbs like so yeah, I'm oh, yeah he, he got he got clean his neck up a little bit yeah, yeah so so, what... so he, is he just full of shit <laughs> like, like <all> right. <laughs> that's what i'm saying what he tell you on bbs he's like yo don't be scaring the bitches off and shit about to go get my andy's clippers so like i just threw that out there i wasn't <laughs> expecting a rebuttal like, so. yeah, yeah i do the see every week i'm quick come on now who are you all talking right, yeah, to so that... Well, you know what? That that's that's good. We set in the we set in the groundwork for the movie that we're talking about this week, Law Abiding Citizen, because you know that that's how court goes. Like yeah. you're allowed to make a statement and then you get to rebut it. Yeah, well, you know what's crazy too, because we're talking about Jamie Foxx today. Like the whole Hollywood thing is crazy. Like Jamie Foxx is allegedly in the hospital with a stroke, but he's got three movies coming out. And like you like I was listening to Young Thug. He's supposed to be in jail, but he has a song called Mad Dog Dissing Gunner. I'm like, what the hell is this? How this remind me of uh, Chappelle? He was like, yeah, like I'm out here in uh, Africa. Wesley Snipes is supposed to be in jail for tax evasion. He's chilling with me. It's like, what is this Hollywood shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, you said a lot there, so like, I'm taking away. You, you don't believe that Young Thug's in jail or Jamie Foxx is sick? 
I, I don't know. Like I said, like he was on that song "Dis and Gutter," so I don't see how you. It, it was clear audio too, so unless they let him build a studio in jail, like it didn't sound like one of them over the phone jail calls. That sounded like a full studio production. <laughs> well, you know, maybe maybe that's the work release. Like you know, maybe they bring yeah. some microphones in, and you know, you can spit a sixteen real quick. Right, right. Or, yeah, you gotta give prisoners something to be productive. Or maybe he recorded this shit like uh, two years ago or something like that. Remember, remember when Gucci went to jail? He had like eighteen mixtapes out. Like, it's always one. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, like with Young Thug, he's not thinking about what he's saying in the booth, so uh, it's probably easy just to to stock up on albums of Young Thug. He probably that, records an album a night. That shit was clearly a gun of this though. Like I was listening to it because he's referring to a song and with the flow and all that. I'm like, this has to be like a recent song. Yeah, I, I I haven't been keeping up. Is is like, like this? Like, is, is, he's he's disappointed. What what, what it gonna do? Didn't he snitch on him or something? <laughs> All, right. Ask, All right, let's move on. You asking the wrong person? I, I don't know where. Let's don't move give on. Yeah, fair enough. I don't. Know. Whatever. Um. So yeah. So this this week we're talking about Law Abiding Citizen, the '09 Jamie Foxx Gerard Butler movie directed by F. Gary Gray. Um. You know, at first we were we were going to talk about this movie because I thought it was a great Philly movie. But now after watching it, I realized that the movie doesn't really have too much to do with Philly. Like it it just happens to be set in Philly. Um. It's more of like this uh revenge story genre. Um. And it was a big hit. It made $127 million. Like, you know, everybody went to see it. This was kind of like Jamie Foxx was uh, really becoming a an A-list star at this point, like after he won his Oscar and all that. So um, what's your history with this movie? You know, it's funny, though. When we talk about, like, I was like, oh, yeah, this movie isn't about Philly. Are any of these movies really about Philly? They just show you the Ben Franklin statue and the, the steps and shit like that. Like... What movie really is about Philly? It's just like I feel like that's enough. Like, yeah, let me show you a cheesesteak place, and this is Philly. Well, I I think like when I say like it's it's a Philly movie, it's like movies that try to do the Philly culture. It's like you know, like what like like State Prop. That's a Philly movie. Yeah. Like Creed is a Philly movie. Like like they actually shot that shit around Philly. Like this shit looked like they shot some B roll <laughs> in Philly, and then the rest of it they probably did like on a soundstage somewhere. So. <laughs> Like, you know, this is not really a Philly movie. And I really, like, after watching it, I realized I think they're just setting it in Philly because of what they're trying to say about democracy and justice and right. law and order. And, you know, Philly's the birthplace of that, at least in the American tradition. Yeah, because they sound the Constitution here and all that shit. So, like, it makes sense from that standpoint. <clears throat> um, I really enjoyed this film, actually. Like, it's action-packed from the beginning to the end, so... Um, you know, the people don't lie. Would you say 127 million? Like that that goes to show you how great this film is. Yeah, 127 million uh, 53 million dollar budget. So, yeah. you know, that's that's a good day at the at the office for everybody involved. Hell yeah. That's a good day at the office for everybody involved. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to F. Gary Gray for making a classic. Like this is up there with The Godfather and Citizen Kane and all that. You know, they never gonna get a black man credit though. <laughs> Yeah, like I feel like this persona is not going to carry you for too long. Like saying that these movies of suspect quality <laughs> are classics, because like I'm just going to let the rabbit out of the hat. Like you know, 
when we first said we were gonna do this movie, I was like, "Oh yeah, Law Abiding Citizen." I remember that was that was the shit back in the day. And like after I watched it this week, I was like, "What did I like about this dumb this dumb movie?" Like it's nah. It, it, there's just there's just a lot of problems with it. Like I get it, it's popular, it's it's, it's popcorn material, but I think it's um like we, we talked a couple weeks ago where Robert Eber had said about a movie that its reach exceeds its grasp, and I feel like that fits Law Abiding Citizen very well. I mean, I guess like you know all, all of these movies have certain issues and everything like that. You're making a movie for entertainment, so I was thoroughly entertained. I mean, like when we look at a Batman or some shit like that. Like, we don't sit back and say, oh, the issues with the Batman and all this shit. Like, no, nah, that's just a rich white man doing gangster shit. So that's how I felt about this movie. I just bought into the, the plot and the persona of, of Gerald Butler. So Gerard Butler, excuse me. Um, And I just really enjoyed what, uh, what the movie did and what it was trying to say, in my opinion. disagree like I, I can't argue with you and make you see that the movie's bad like if you like, like if you like it you like it i'm just saying for me like after i watched it this time i was just like yeah this is not a movie that i'll watch again um because like now that i remember it like i probably hadn't seen it in a few years and it's one of those movies where i think you go back to it and you're like why the fuck did i like that in the beginning like sure like a lot of people like saw it but you know, box office isn't always the indication of quality because a lot of people see a lot of bad movies and, you know, history will tell you that, yeah, that shit wasn't that good. I don't know why we all went to go see it. And I feel like this this is one of them. I mean, the Rotten Tomatoes on this one, it's got a 26%. It says the consistence of the critics, unnecessary, violent, and unflinchingly absurd. And it's like, that's accurate. Like, this movie is ridiculous. Like... <laughs> But especially for a movie that's trying to say like these big statements about you know what justice is and how the legal system should work as opposed to how it actually does work it's like you know if you want to make a popcorn movie just you know stay in that lane like don't try to come over here and try to make these these large statements on the republic because no nah. Like yeah. th this movie wasn't equipped to make those those uh those statements. Yeah, but it's it's entertainment for one. And what the hell do these critics know? Like the critics like some boring ass shit, like unnecessary violence. I don't even know what that means. Like I thought the violence was very necessary. Like this, like how are you supposed to show a man getting his revenge back? Well, oh, like you know he just made you trip and fall and bust your lip. Like that is that necessary violence? Like what is unnecessary violence? I don't even know what the hell that means think it's like all right it's one thing to kill people in a movie but it's another yes. thing to like show it in its excruciating detail it's like do we need to see this guy get dismembered piece by piece and all of that like yeah like he's a piece of shit but i don't need to watch him get like his legs and his dick chopped off like or, or all of that like it's it, it is a bit much they didn't show him chopping his dick off like come on like you're just going yeah, too right. far <laughs> He said he said he said I'm going to use this tool to chop your dick. They didn't show it like him sitting there like chopping his, you know. I mean, well, yeah, the the, men, the mental image was too much. I I, I didn't need that. <laughs> they had to let I didn't, you. I didn't need all that. They had to let you know the mind of a uh, uh you know someone who had was trained from a CIA perspective. You know what's the mind of like the defenselessness of someone who has had all this training and somebody is just able to come in and, you know, uh, attack him, uh, 
from and it's not even really a tactical level it's like gorilla shit like you know i'm gonna come in rob you and rape your wife and kill your daughter and all that type of stuff it's like what goes in through the uh, uh the mind of a person like that and i just think what the movie shows is that this is what happens when you push a guy too far and he has this ideal of his own idea of justice beyond what the justice system uh requires so i think that's what the movie is trying to say and i enjoyed that shit so let, let's talk about that like that you know the vengeance versus justice because i think that's like the biggest thing that this movie is is putting in front of you um obviously like you know it's a terrible crime that happens at the beginning of this movie and this guy clyde deserves his get back for that but where does it stop being vengeance it's like because he disposes of the people that did the crime like in the first 20 minutes of the movie yeah. then he goes on this whole crusade against the system like you know against jamie fox who was the district attorney against the judge against anybody else whose fingers even touched the case he's he's like no all of y'all have to go because this is the only way you're going to learn a lesson and you know, th that's an interesting question because like and you take it out of this situation, you put it in real life. Like there's been situations where, you know, guys have like Cain Velasquez is, is, is an example. Like he had a relative that was I, th I don't know, if like sexually assaulted, molested or something. And he went after the guy that did it. And, you know, what? let me look it up. So I'm not saying the wrong thing. Hold on. Let me look that up real quick. They even spoke on your boy Marcus Aurelius in this movie. Like this movie has it all. <laughs> the classic of all classics. so like you know you see in um in real life like you had examples like recently last year Cain Velasquez got locked up for this because he went after a guy that was believed to have assaulted somebody in his family and he ended up hitting a bystander and um now he's in jail on like attempted murder charges so it's like you see like you know I think everybody agrees that you know, these type of people, these robbers, rapists, pedophiles, all that, like they deserve either death or severe punishment. But, you know, when you go out in the real world and you do something like that, it's like, yeah, like the law code still rules supreme. And it's like, it might be right that, you know, these people deserve to get killed, but, or, you know, punished, but it's like, you got to let the law do it. You can't take it into your own hands. You, you, so it's like, it's an interesting question of, it's like, well, what's too far with this stuff? Yeah, you you can if you're a ex CIA or whatever the fuck he was was he a trade operative to handle certain espionage things or whatever the fuck <laughs> whatever they said he was in the middle of the movie he's just like yeah Clyde's better than you if he wants you dead you'll be dead like just hit him alone against the whole Philadelphia criminal justice system so like I mean it, I, it's up to this guy's discretion though because like how he's looking at it is like you know you're preserving an unjust system anyway. So, like, you know, we we talked about a few weeks ago with a, a guy and his morality in regards to running his business. 
you know, this isn't necessarily a business, but, you know, for him, he wants to uh, reform the society that he's in. And, you know, his only way to do that is to destroy it, uh, you know, and rebuild, you know, order out of chaos. So, you know, that's his perspective. And from an entertainment perspective, perspective man, I, shit, I keep saying it, but I like it. Like, I, I like the message and I was thoroughly well, yeah, we're, not, we're not talking about the entertainment part right, right now. Right, it's, right. Like, it's, it's like just like that, that idea of like vigilante justice versus what you're going to get from the legal system. Like, let, let's talk about that. Well, so... So like you know when you're you're taking somebody like Clyde like yeah. in real life whatever you have this this situation where a wrong is done to you you try to go through the courts the courts don't give you satisfaction so you take it into your own hands now Clyde in the movie he kills you know the two guys that did the crime he kills everybody else that he felt like was involved with the crime I personally think Clyde went too far like I think like your your revenge is Yo, you were the people that were directly involved in this thing. I got, you know, eye for an eye, Hammurabi type shit. Like, I kind of agree with that, where I think Clyde, he kind of got on his soapbox and started believing his own bullshit after a while, and he went way too far with it. Um, and I think you see that sometimes in, in real life, people go too far with, you know, I want everybody who... I feel like is responsible whether or not they're really responsible because it's like yeah Jamie Foxx did some Jamie Foxx's character in this movie did some you know inconsiderate maybe considered like shady stuff whatever you want to say not honorable stuff I don't know if he and all of his colleagues deserve to die for what they did oh uh, there was once a rapper who said uh niggas die every day that's the price of war so like, who am I to sit back and say... What, oh. what rapper was that? <laughs> That's the great Nipsey Hussle, uh, Stuck in the Ground. I love that song. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, 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 I knew the lyric, but I couldn't remember who said it. Because, you know, all these niggas say the same shit. They, they all say the same shit. But at the end of the day, when does it get to a point where someone says, you know, okay, it's wartime. And at the end of the day, everybody over there on that team is the ops. Like, at the end of the day... If you have the resources and you feel in your mind that it's a cause in order to go to war, you know, like, when is it the appropriate time to go to war when you're in a system and you sit back and say that power structure over there doesn't represent, you know, my ideology? You know, there was a time where crusades would happen or anything like that. And you would sit back and say, you know, maybe there were certain parts of the court who were honorable or who didn't deserve to die. This is this man's perspective in regards to war. It's war to him. So at the end of the day, this is what happens to war motherfuckers die <laughs> like that's my perspective on it yeah but you're one man how do you one man doesn't go to war with a system that's that's crazy it's like 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 you just said some stuff about the crusades it's like that's a whole system of government of people with an agenda moving in the same direction together like not just one person's idea this is his one idea and you know if you look at the movie he's a hypocrite because yeah. Clyde is a hired killer by the government. That's all okay to go around the world and just murder people in the name of whatever. But as soon as it happens to you, you can't take it. And now the system <laughs> isn't fair and that there's no justice. Like, like that in and of itself with this guy, it's like, dog, you're full of shit. Just say you like killing people. Yeah. Like you, it's, it's not that the system <laughs> is broken and all that. Cause yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. Like the, 
the stuff that's going on in the system, there's a lot of unfair stuff going on. But you're just a hypocrite because you're a killer too. You're a killer just like these guys. And I, I'm from the perspective of once you're on that side of the line, you're on that side of the line. Like there's no comparing. Like a killer's a killer. What uh what's the uh ghost face uh at the beginning of the ghost face? He's like, You kill one man, you kill ten. It's like you get the same penalty. Like I I love that part. I mean, there's been quote unquote hypocrites at war. Like, what did they teach us uh in the white man's history crest? Like the one dude talking about the British are coming, like he swapped sides. So, like, I mean, this shit has happened. I'm sure if you dig into the books of antiquity, like there was some guy who was like, Oh, he was running with this team, did he over there with the ops? Like, that shit happens all the time. So like, why is this necessarily such a bad thing if you are on a team and you feel like there was an injustice thing that happened? So you're going to go to war. And what, you know, one men have gone, taken on systems from time to time, you know, kamikaze or certain people who, oh, the infidels got to go. Like, that shit happens all the time. Like, some crazy guys like, yo, I'm about to take all this shit because of the infidels. So that's Clyde's mentality. It's like the, the infidels. Yo, you're are all over the place. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you, you just jumped like two thousand years of history and, and just made some hodgepodge of what happened. Yeah, yeah, this is a podcast. Like Nothing this is, that you just said made any sense. This is this is what they do on like, podcasts. That's the same shit Clyde was doing in this movie. Just like yo, no, this Clyde's rule. Yes, like, this is what Clyde thinks. And, yes, and and so, so like to put a button on it, you think as an individual. Like, because the movie's law-abiding citizen, it's about America. Right. As an American citizen, do you think it's your individual job to, like, take on the system in this sort of way? Because I, I think he's being ridiculous. Like... I, I think if you have the resources and you're passionate enough about reshaping a, a, a system and you could go do that, then sure... In a realistic sense, this guy would have been dead within the first half hour of the movie. <laughs> but, okay, let's say it's real. I mean, shit, I got no problem with what he did and how he was doing it. I mean, you know what this kind of does remind me of, though? Like, Black Panther, Killmonger. Like, him coming over saying, like, yo, I'm just going to steal all your vibranium and give it to niggas in the hood. Like, this is what... This is the white man version of that shit. So, like... <laughs> I like that I mean at the end of the day it is a strategy I don't know how long it's gonna work out for if you don't have a plan after the revolution but you know I got no problem with somebody saying you know what I'm uncomfortable so I'm gonna make everybody else uncomfortable <laughs> yeah I like I, I don't think you can live like that in a society it's like just because <laughs> you experience a misfortune doesn't mean everybody around you should experience misfortune it's like that's a ridiculous way to live I mean, look, it's it's niggas like, like like those those people inflicted pain on you. Okay, yeah. get back the people that inflicted pain. The whole system, you're like you can't defeat the system. Like the system's too big for one person to defeat it. Like there's never been a large system like the United States government that has ever been <laughs> defeated by one person in the history. Like as much as you want to talk about, oh yeah, we could talk about this guy in history, that guy in history. Not one single person ever brought down a system. Like all of these guys, like they live in infamy, but right. they don't ever accomplish their goal. The system's always endured. You know it's what? Ridiculous. You know what, man? If it was, if everybody was like you, there would have been no slave revolutions. 
At the end of the day, every now and then. What are you talking? No, well, hold on, hold on. Because like that, 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 now you go too far. Because it's like that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm oh, saying that, like, like, like we're talking about yeah. vengeance, right? Yeah. Like, all right, Steve, I come to your house, I do you dirty, right? Yeah. So, like, all right, let's take it, Hammurabi, eye for an eye, I do you dirty. Do you come back and do something to me, or do you have to kill my whole family now? Like that's the conversation. It's not. It's not like like the whole thing about taking down the system. It's like that's his weird ideology. That's a whole separate conversation. But like vengeance is, yo, you did me wrong. You steal some shit. I gotta take your arm. Like, or do you steal some shit and now I think I I can kill you? Like, there's levels to it. Right. Like, and if you're gonna be in a society, like we kind of agree that there's a level of punishment for the crime. Like, that's why they still have capital punishment. It's like, all right, okay, you murdered people, then now the state is allowed to murder you. It's not, not the state is allowed to come and murder your whole family and right. everybody that you've ever liked. Like, like that's what I'm talking about is ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's too much. But I'm just saying, there's niggas who, are in the real world, that scenario happens, and they do kill your whole family, so... It, it just yeah. It but I'm happen. asking you your your opinion on it, like your your opinion, Steve. Yeah. It's like where do you think vengeance stops, and now you're just turning into, you know, a, not even a vigilante. Like he's he was a terrorist by the end of the movie. Like <laughs> like like you're not a you're tyrant. not a vigilante. <laughs> yeah, like like you're not you're not. Yeah, it's not vengeance anymore. It's like now you're you're you just have a political ideology and you're pushing that. And you're using the fact that your kid and your wife got killed as an excuse for it. Like, that's a whole different thing. I, I like it, though. It's like, fuck it. Why not? Like, there's a lot of people who, yo. <laughs> this, yo, there's a lot of people who go to work every day. And it's like, yo, like, if I could, I'd kill everybody and run this shit myself. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of people who watch the news. I'm like, no, I hate but this You're guy. advocating the purge. You You want the purge. That's what you uh, want. No, I just I have no problem with a, a system changeover, and you know if the niggas at the crib saying like, "Yo, like, I'm, I'm fit to I change." I like how you shit. keep ignoring the part of like I I've asked you like three times, like, yeah. did he go too far? Like, like because yeah, I, I can't say I can't say it any other way. Did he go too far? or Did he not go too far? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um. I just like what he did. I, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna. All right, like, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna say if I was in his position and I said, you know, I want to run shit. I want to run the Philadelphia criminal justice system. It's like, how else do you? How else do you put yourself in a position? Like, what are you gonna do? Run for office? No, I'm just gonna carry by and run this shit myself. So, yeah, like I got no problem with what he did. He didn't go too far at all. He didn't go far enough. So. So the reason why he decides to go on this crusade in the movie is because, you know, Jamie Foxx doesn't want to take these guys to trial Darby and Ames because Darby decides to snitch on Ames, even though Darby did the more heinous acts in their crime together. And Darby gets to plead down to third degree murder and only does a couple years and he's able to get out while Ames gets the death penalty. And, you know, I brought up like, you know, Hammurabi a couple of times and you know, I was just doing some research like on ancient law codes and the whole idea of like blood money, where in a lot of different cultures, like you see from Greece to um, Hebrew cultures and a lot of different other ancient cultures that there was this concept of if somebody got killed, 
you were allowed to accept payment for that, for your murdered, for your dead, and that person didn't have to get killed as a result of that. Or in some cases, they would have to flee the country or leave. Like you weren't allowed to stay amongst civilized people if you were a murderer, that sort of deal. And it's like, you still, you see that in modern society now, like where, you know, if the government is convicted of wrongly killing somebody, like they'll give you a payout, that that sort of thing. Like, what do you, what do you think about, you know, like blood money versus like, you know, the, uh, as Pooh Shaisky said, I'm going to pay you back in blood. Um, I like the concept of blood money, um, but like, uh, also too, this is the thing though, you know, the, the Pusheisty thing, I, I think it's relevant as well. There's certain people who it's like, yo, like in the great words of Dave East, it's like them niggas killed my cousin, so nothing left to be stopped. So some niggas is just like that. So everybody should just watch their step when you try to violate another man. Yeah, but like, all right, so, so like, do you think, do you think... So I, I guess I guess the question is, if uh, like Clyde wasn't happy with with just the blood of the people that killed his people, like he wanted to take down the system. Yeah. But there's other people that say it's like, all right, you know what? I don't need to pay you back in blood. I'll just I'll just take the paper. Like where, where does Steve fall down on that? Because like I, I I'm kind of on the side of like no, like if you kill my people, like I'm not gonna take a check for it. Like I, I don't think that's really right. like honorable. Like I, I, I kind of more eye for an eye. Like I'm not an eye for an eye, and then take down the whole system afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like Clyde. But uh, like, where, where do you land on that? Or like, would you take the the money? I'm gonna keep it a beam with you. I think I'm gonna take the paper. Like, I think I could do much more with the paper than you know. Oh yeah, let me go kill you. Like, because I mean, you know, what's done is done. So I'll take a payout. Shit, like. Just give me the paper. I, like we shake hands on it, and you go your way, I go by. So, like uh, Clyde says that he would have been okay with um, if Jamie would have took the Jamie's character. What's Jamie's character's name? Shit. Nick. Uh, Nick. He he would have been okay if if Nick. So Clyde says that he would have been okay if Nick would have taken the case to trial and they would have lost. Like he said, he would have been able to live with that, which. I don't really agree. Based I don't on think what so either. Later, yeah. later in the movie, like I, I think he still would have killed those guys. He might not have came after Jamie and all those guys. He's like, well, at least you tried. But, yeah. <laughs> but, um, like, like when you see like guys get a sentence that like a reduced sentence for cooperation and all of that sort of stuff, um, like I, I'm not really a fan of that. I think you know if you're there. Like both of these guys, they decided to commit this robbery together. Whatever happened, they're both responsible for that shit because they both were there. I don't think you get to say this. He he was worse because he went further than I did. Like he was actively murdering people. I just watched him do it. Like <laughs> yeah, so, crazy. so yeah. So like I I think that part of it's bullshit. Like where you're able to plead down and all of that, but I think you know, the, the issue that this movie could have done a better job, like, of, of trying to, um, you know, dramatize is 
like yeah the these uh these attorneys like they kind of are under the screws when they have to prosecute these cases because it's like well i not only have the victim's family to deal with but i'm also supposed to be holding up the rule of law for all of the other citizens so it's like i have to show people it's like not only does this person not to get to do this to these individuals but we have to set a precedent for everybody else so you know nick, nick is kind of in a hard spot and he's like i gotta get something like i can't walk away with nothing like if we walk away with nothing too many times then the whole thing falls apart well i think uh the issue comes in where like what's the fiduciary responsibility within that scenario because you know if you just go take a deal you know let's say client well, fiduciary responsibility has to do with money so well fair enough whatever like i'm not a fucking you're the scholar whatever the fuck i just i know a little bit about a little bit so okay whatever yeah, the so, word so is, don't say big words if you don't know what, what they what, mean. Uh, whatever responsibility he has or whatever the fuck like client responsibility whatever you substitute any word you fucking want i don't give a shit like whatever his responsibility comes in is you know just going to take that deal without but that is kind of one of those things where you know you got a da it's like you know what would be the difference if like there's a private lawyer there you know what i mean like i guess i have to get well, the DA thing. represents the people. He right. doesn't necessarily represent the like he represents the victim, but he's really representing the people. That's why it's exactly like, when you yeah. go to court, it's the people versus the defendant. So it's like Nick can have his his opinion, but it I mean Clyde can have his opinion about it, but Nick doesn't work for Clyde. Right. Like Nick works for the state. And yeah, I get like, all right, now Clyde, you have a problem with the state. But that doesn't mean that you get to kill all of the state agents. But, you know, we, we already addressed that. Hey, man. You know, like you said, we already addressed that. So, um, I don't remember. What was the question again? Like, who was the... Oh, it, 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 like, I do think that, the, like, just the nuance of it is, it's like, Nick is in a bad position. It's like, yeah, right. he is shown that, oh, yeah, I got to keep my conviction rate what it is because he's future minded and he knows, like, you know, I want higher positions than where I'm at now. You know, that, that that's one of the first things he, he says to his mentor. He's like, I'm not shooting for your job. That's too low for me. I'm shooting for jobs higher than that. So he's got to protect his percentages. But at the same time, I think, his character does show that he does care about getting like these bad people off the street. It's not like he's just completely devoid of emotion for what Clyde and his family right. went through. Right. And you, and you see it like he's even talking to, you know, his boss and he's just like, um, and that's where he, they quoted your boy Marcus Aurelius uh, in that one scene before he goes to shake the criminal's hand. Um, but I, I do find it interesting where. Why is Marcus Aurelius my boy? Well, come on, man. Like, yeah, that, that shit, man. It's like, you know, you're a history buff, so. Um, shit. Forget my goddamn point. I, I'm just going to let you cook. Just go ahead. Like, whatever hey, song that was good. What just, James Harden used to do, he used to do this shit, right? When he was with the Thunder and shit. That, that's what I do, baby. Um, yeah, I forgot my goddamn point. Well, I think there is a, um, a racial undertone in a certain extent of, like, you know, the system, the idea of the system, um, and preserving, you know, said system. You know, you have a person who is because uh, I think this this the point of the movie is that the system doesn't really work for anybody. Um, it it would have been interesting if you let's say there's a black man in a different situation. But I think that's also having a different conversation. And I think that's why they cast it the way they did cast, you know, having uh, 
you know, Jamie Foxx, the black guy, you know, quote unquote, preserving the system. Now you have this guy, you know, this white guy, he's like, oh, well, this system doesn't work. So I'm going to take it down and institute something different. So um, I think that's kind of like the overall point of it. It's like the, the this, you know, corporatocracy aspect of like stats versus like the substance of people and, you know, fighting for the people. So, um, yeah, I think that's the point. I Sometimes I drown on and on, but yeah, that's <laughs> that's the point. Well, yeah, I, I, I think that the main issue is what that that Clyde would have had better ground to stand on where he's just like, you know, there is right and wrong. Mm. And the issues with the laws are is it's not about like he says that to Nick. It's not about what you know. It's about what you can prove. Right. And he says that to Clyde. Nick we says that all Clyde. know. Yeah. Like we, we all know that Darby and Ames were in Nick's house. They shouldn't have been in Nick's house. And Nick's family died as a result, and Nick got stabbed as a result of them being in his house. Like, that should be enough. Um, there shouldn't be these games of when you go to court, oh, this part of the evidence is inadmissible. That part is not. You, we don't want you on the stand because you blacked out, even though you know this guy stabbed you. Like you, you can repeat the words that he said to you. Right. you. Like, you know, you saw him take your daughter into the other room and, you know, she got murdered in the other room. So the fact that the system, it doesn't want to deal with facts and it allows people to, you know, whether you have money or you have, you know, some sort of loophole, like Darby was able to snitch on his co-defendant. I think like that's the bigger issue. And the like how you fix that i don't know how you fix that like i think you know again though some of those more as they say primitive legal systems had a better way of dealing with that because it was considered an offense against individuals and individuals were able to meet that out but now this when the state has to meet it out it can turn into like this clusterfuck and then yeah. you get these vigilante guys like nick that you know you turn into a terrorist basically by the end and you kind of see how we, the, the system gets to this point because it's like, oh, well, this president said we didn't precedent said that, you know, we were supposed to follow X procedure. So this lawyer found this loophole to get this guy out. And then now it becomes like, oh, we have to rewrite that law. So it's like the president precedent after president after president. So whereas now you're getting to the point where criminals are able to walk free because of, you know, so many chinks within the system where you had to continue to add different layers to it because of you know one person fucks up now we have to completely change everything to whereas it has to be this chain link so it you know you kind of understand how we even get to this point yeah and I, I think ultimately like that that's the problem and I, I do agree that Clyde has a point that that's the problem <laughs> I, I just I'm just like can't get with him because he's a hypocrite like if he wasn't a hypocrite you know, then I would say, like, look, like if you were if, if Clyde was just a man, like, you know, a little inventor guy that, you know, this happened to him and he said, you know what, I lived by the law my whole life and now the law has betrayed me. Like I would be down with Clyde. I'm like, you know what, Clyde, rock out. I can't be mad at you. But Clyde's a hypocrite. Like he he's a, he was a state sponsored killer. And now all of a sudden you want to flip on the state. It's like, nah, bro, eat your medicine. In his mind, he did follow the law. Like he did what the state told him to do for years and years, and it didn't pay off for him. So 
he decided, you know, fuck the state. Like they're all this the state is the ops now. It actually makes perfect sense from a psychology standpoint. Like you see, you see guys like that all the time. It's like it's like, oh, they fired me five days before I get my pension. Like, no, I hate everybody now. Like, like this is very realistic. Guys like this, like if I do believe there are certain men, if they had the power to do what Clyde did, they would flip and do that shit. Like, I, I believe that. I definitely, I mean, we see it all the time. Like people, <laughs> people try to do it. And, you know, people have gotten off their little terrorist attacks, like all throughout American history. My point is, I don't think it's right. Like, 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 just because you feel like there's some wrong being done against you or your people or whatever, that doesn't mean that you just get to start killing innocent people. Like, cause he, like Clyde killed a lot of innocent people. Like I, I'm all for go, going after your offenders and getting rid of them. Sure. But you don't gotta just kill everybody. Were these people that innocent? Like, I don't know if they was that innocent. He, he was killing the people that got the coffee at the office. Like, they didn't deserve to die. <laughs> like, like, yeah. That's like, because really, like, nobody's innocent. Like, we all did some wrong right, shit right. to somebody. But I'm just saying, it's like, yo, you got to kill everybody in the office. It's like, yo, all right, Nick, the judge. Right, right. Um, uh, you know, the mayor, sure. Like, I don't even know the mayor because the mayor didn't even know about this shit. The mayor's yeah. just a figurehead. So, like, yeah, I, I'm all for the judge, Darby, Ames, and Nick too, because you know, the, the Nick, mayor's... Nick, you 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 were the face of this. Like, yeah. you, you got to take the L. So everybody else, I, I think it's a bit much. The mayor sure shit didn't know about this. She's like, what the fuck is going? On? I told you to handle that shit. <laughs> like the mayor, the mayor was in there pissed. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like. I'm sitting here at the eyes wide shut party and I hear this shit happen. Like, um, the one thing I do enjoy about this movie is that the black man wins in the end. So shout out to F. Gary Gray for that. <laughs> I think that I think the moral of the story is the well, black man wins in the end. <laughs> so well then let's get into F. Gary Gray. Um, let's talk about his career a little bit. Cause you know, last week we did a conversation about um music video directors. And we didn't bring up Ever Gary Gray. On my part, I didn't really know Ever Gary Gray what started out as a music video director. Like, and then I looked at his um, career a little bit. He, you know, did it, you know, different videos for Ice Cube and all of that. And then, you know, he obviously directed Friday. And he's got a lot, lot of movies. So, you know, we're bringing in a, a new category this week where we're giving people like their uh, their video game ranking, like on like the, you know, the Madden 2K type scale. Um, F. Gary Gray, I'm, I'm just going to rattle off his movies because he doesn't have that many of them. Um, Friday, Set It Off, The Negotiator, Man Apart, Italian Job, Be Cool, Law Abiding Citizen, Straight Outta Compton, The Fate of the Furious, Men in Black International. It was his last movie in 2019, and he has uh, one called Lift coming out next year. So, um, but based based on that, where are you ranking F. Gary Gray? I'm not gonna lie, about 65 of those movies I've never seen in my entire life. Uh, based off of what I've seen, um, I, I got an appreciation for Gary uh, F. Gary. Uh, damn, I'm stumbling over his brother's name. Um, I like Friday. Uh, it you know. It's a decent movie, but at the end of the day, it's legendary in regards to the so-called culture. Um, so you have to respect it. Like it's one of those things where you call it a cult classic. Um, and what you know, of course, you know, law-abiding citizen. Um, set it off. I'm not. 
that's another one of those things. You know, F. Gary Gray, he's almost like a hood legend, right? If you think about it, because Set It Off, that's another like little cult classic type of joint. So I think, you know, F. Gary Gray, I think he has to be commended. You know, I'm gonna give his I'm gonna give his rating uh around an 86, 87, like because you know around that range, it's like you're not really like a superstar, but at the end of the day, most of those 86, 87, if you're playing 2K, he's gonna sneak into the all-star game every now and then. So I think that's a good rating for him. Yeah, like I agree with what you said about Friday and set it off. Like, I think Friday, I've just seen it too many times. And I don't even think it's the funniest Friday. A lot of people disagree, but I think next Friday. Next is Friday the is a funny Friday. Yeah. Um, and Friday after next actually has more jokes that I remember than jokes in Friday that I care about. Set it off, you know, like you said, cult classic, but that's not a good movie. We won't be doing set it off on this podcast. Um his other like really out of his out of his filmography the only movie that i really like is um straight out of compton like i I think like that's him at the height of his powers and you know that's also 10 years into his uh film directing career so he probably learned a lot of weight doing those other movies like the italian job it's a good movie has some good chase scenes and all that but it's not like one that is you know i I don't think we're doing the italian job with the show either (laughs) So F. Gary Gray, I don't know. Like, I'll probably give him like, I ain't gonna put him in the 70s. So I'll, I'll give him like an 81, 80, 82. Just because shooting percentage wise, I think he's shooting pretty low for these movies, but I will give him the respect based on, I know other people like these movies and these movies have made a lot of money. So you, so you got to give him respect on that. And the fact that he still has a career you know, because a lot of people don't last that long in Hollywood, especially the so-called black men. So, you know, I, I'm going I'm to leave F, F. Gary Gray at like 81, 82. I, I don't think he's quite making the all-star game. Like he might have one all-star season, yeah. like 2015, <laughs> uh, straight out of Compton. That's his all-star season, but he's not perennial all-star. Well, the thing is, though, I, I think when you talk about like staying power and you talk about making these movies that, you know, last long and long, like we both agree straight straight out of Compton is a really, really good movie. And then like when you have movies that was made 20, 30 years ago and people are still talking about them, you know, I think that definitely means something. So I think that's why I'll put him so high. And, you know, he like at the end of the day, everybody want to work with Gary Gray, like, um. You know, my man Tyron Turney say, you, you know, Gary Gray, you know what I'm saying? Like, you supposed to put me in something, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to put me in something. So people, he, like, he's a known figure and everybody love him. So shout out to F. Gary Gray. So uh, let, let's let's talk about Jamie Foxx. Um, you know, J- Jamie's career. Where, where, where you got Jamie ranked at? I think uh, Jamie's relatively high. I got I to gotta take a look at his film. Let me take a look at his film biography. Yeah, that's another one of those things where there's a lot of movies that I haven't uh, seen. Like, uh, I think JD's first movie was Toys back in 1992. I've never seen Horrible Bosses 2. So, but I think out of a lot of the stuff... There's no need to see Horrible Bosses 2. That was that was a strictly here for the check movie. I think out of the movies that I've seen, I'm ranking Jamie relatively high. I think he's got to be, you know, low 80s. Or, excuse me, high 80s, low 90s. Um, Cause he's great in things that I've seen him in, like you know, as Bundini Brown, like he's hilarious. One of my favorite quotes in that movie is like, "Yeah, they try to give me the nation of Islam." He's like, "Now I can give it to white women, but that pork, like." So you know, Jamie, he's a great entertainer. Uh, I think in this movie, he it, his performance really did nothing for me. Um, but you you know, he has to be commended for things like Ray. Um, we both enjoyed him in uh, Django. Um, that was really a different 
uh style of performance because he's not even the funny one in that movie like he's doing like dramatic drama in a movie who, which i think is comedic like, that movie is a comedy but he's not even really being comedic like he's not doing you know the jamie king type of thing um also to another thing with like he has memorable shit like you know his stand-up is memorable i love any given sunday i thought he was a, a great star in that movie so i'm freaking jamie i think if i were to give it exact number i'm giving him a 91 yeah, so I, I think I think we probably need to take this a little further. So like with these numbers, um, <laughs> like 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 if, if we had different sliders, right? Like so Jamie with range, like I think Jamie, like, you know, his range slider is all the way up. Like he's he's at 99 because he can do everything like, you know, yeah. he's funny. He can sing. He can act all of that. So it's like that has to be a 99 um, like movie selection. Like he's probably like shooting a, in the in the 70s, yeah, low or 70s, lower on movie maybe even 60s. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> like there, there's just a lot of I'm not I'm not gonna put that on like the soloist uh White House down. So um, I forgot about that bullshit. <laughs> like you, you know, like it, it's a lot of stuff. Like, you know, he's he's really just been doing Netflix movies these last couple years, but you know, do you think that that's like classics? A- do you think that's like an issue where like black actors because we see this with like Denzel and Samuel Jackson and Will Smith we say they make you know bad choices but at the end of the day I do think it gets to a point where you kind of do become like an action star where it's like you know to come up and get 10 million to like say you know hey 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 it's like who's turning that down like I don't know if I have the strength to turn that down yeah but it, I mean yeah, like we could talk about James Harden, like he goes everywhere that they have the check, but he never wins the championship. So, like, we're breaking you all your performance. Like, yeah. like, yeah. So you can pick whatever movie you want. Make it a good movie. Nobody <laughs> said, like, nobody said, like, don't take the movie for the check. But if you take the movie for the check, make it a good movie. If you don't, you don't. Like so right. I'm just yeah, going by the movies that he's been in. Are they good or are they not? I don't care about his bank account. So <laughs> I like that. Uh, that's where we're that, dude. I like that. Yeah. So, you know, if you go by his selection of movies, I think you got to you you probably have to say he you probably can't go too much lower than a 70 in the 70s because he does have movies that people consider classics like Players Club is considered a classic any given Sunday um collateral a lot of people like that he obviously won an oscar for ray um and i would say like his i mean these other movies like law-abiding citizen low ranked by critics but audiences went to go see it like a lot of these other movies audiences went to go see him he's memorable in in uh horrible bosses one so i think like jamie like has a good screen presence you remember him in most of the movies that he's in like you never see a movie that jamie fox was in and it's just like oh yeah jamie was just in the background so i can jamie a little bit higher than you like I'm, I'm putting him in that like 96 97 range overall because really the only thing that goes against him is some of the movies that he's picked yeah. to be in but he's good in every movie like jarhead's not a great movie but jamie fox is really good in jarhead um and like some of these other movies, like they might not be great movies, but he's like good in them. But you know, his standouts obviously, like you know, Bundini Brown, Collateral, Django, um, you know, Ray, obviously. I've never seen Ray, but you know, he won an Oscar for it. Now, how have you seen Ray at this point? 
because I don't want to see it. <laughs> like, if I wanted to see it, I'd watch it. <laughs> like, yeah. I watch what I want to watch. Like, I, I'm not going to watch it just because y'all give it an award. I don't care. Was it, is there just something about Ray Charles that you don't like? Like, I'm just trying to understand I just don't care to watch a movie about Ray Charles. I don't care about Ray Charles that much. Like I like right. a, I like like three Ray Charles songs. Like why do I need to watch a movie about? I mean I like I just found it entertaining the story or whatever. But you know if you disagree that's fine. I don't. I was just asking. I don't disagree. I don't have an opinion on the movie. I just said I don't want to watch it. Like right. that's my opinion. I don't want to watch the movie. All right, no need to get confrontational. I'll just ask, just ask the question here. I mean, we're doing a podcast, Steve. Yeah. Like you, you asked, like you asked me a question. I said, "Yeah, I don't want to watch it." What yeah, no, I, I think I think well, I can't really go that high. Like you said, the choices. Um, it's a lot of mid in that cat. It's a lot of mid in that, mid in that catalog. So I got to dig them down a little bit. But you know, ninety one, that's still pretty good. You going to the Hall of Fame, so you know he's around ninety one. Are all the ninety ones going to the Hall of Fame? I feel like ninety one is like you had a couple good seasons. Like you know, you Chris Johnson. You know, you know, you had that one good season, like maybe a season after that, you you got your your contract, but 91, you ain't going to the hall. Chris Johnson has over 10,000 yards. Who? You say Chris Johnson, Johnson has 10,000 yards? He has over 10,000 rushing yards. Did that just get you in the hall now? <laughs> just say, like, you acting like he was, like, ass. Like, that dude has over 10,000. Like, he's, I think he's on the all-time rushing list or some shit like that. Like, he has over 10,000 yards. I gotta look this up. Like, I'm, if I'm talking out my ass, I'm talking out my ass. Let's see. Like that, that man had a great career. Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, the season rushed over two thousand yards. Like, I remember like three good seasons. Let's be talking about two different Chris Johnsons. You talking about Chris Johnson? They played for the Titans. He had ninety six hundred yards. I thought he had over ten thousand. My bad. Yeah, you you gassing it? Like he he had like two good seasons. He he made the Pro Bowl three times. All right, fair enough. Oh yeah, I'm 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 not changing my number because of you. <laughs> he gets a ninety. He gets a ninety one. That's it. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a little higher on Jamie because like I, I think when he shows up and yeah. you know and stuff aligns for him, you know, with with actors and movies in general, like you can't, you almost can't blame the actor for every movie that they're in because you might show up and be the best that you can be, but the movie around you just isn't that good because it's a collaborative effort where, you know, sometimes when we talk about musicians, you can easily say, it's like, yo, you have five albums in a row that are just ass, bro. Like, that's <laughs> on you. Like, like Jamie, like, you know, he has that run. Like, I think Jamie's, like, biggest run, you go, Ali, um, I don't know what Shade is, Breaking All the Rules. I, 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 love, I love like, I love breaking all the rules. I love it. Yeah, like that, that that's that one of them, that's one of them like hood, hood, uh, what do you call it? Romantic comedies. I like breaking all the rules. Yeah. So you got Ali, Shade, Breaking All the Rules, Collateral, Ray, Stealth. I haven't seen Stealth, haven't Jarhead, Andy Vice. I haven't seen that in a long time. Uh Dream Girls. I never saw Dream Girls. You see Dream Girls? Yeah, I've seen Dream Girls. I forgot he was in that. I, I, Eddie Murphy was the best part of Dreamgirls. Yeah, so like he, I guess like that that's really his run then because then he has a couple of movies in a row that you know The Kingdom didn't do that well. The Soloist was what it was. Law Abiding Citizen made some money, and then his next like huge movie was was Django that he was like the star of. So you know he kind of spreads them out every every few years, yeah. and 
Yeah, so I, I gotta leave Jamie at like ninety six. That's what yeah, I'm, I'm leaving Jamie at a ninety six. There's just there's just so much mid that you just said there. Like I think if we're looking at him versus Will Smith, I gotta put Will Smith uh, above that. Like I think there's a lot less mid within Will's career than that shit you just <laughs> announced. Like I'm like I don't, I don't remember none of those. I North think North the North. overall with Jamie, like overall talent wise, is above Will Smith. So that's why I rank him higher. Like Will Smith. Will Smith is going to be ranked higher on movie selection and and that, like, you know, but as far as, be, like, acting, like, you know, scene for scene, emotion for emotion, like, like Jamie acts Will Smith off the screen at Ali when they're in the movie together. No. Like, he's a much better actor. No. As Ali, no. Like, Will Smith is great as Ali. Like, you think Jamie could have been Ali? I don't think so. He doesn't have the. He doesn't look like Ali. Like Jamie, it doesn't, like, it's not look. Like, 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 you can't get. You can't get. Jamie Foxx can't get cast as Ali. He doesn't look like him. We're not or, talking. About, he doesn't have the stature either. We're not talking about look. We're just talking about being Ali. Like the the tonality, the charisma. Like 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 Will Smith was Ali. It's like oh shit. Like that's that's Ali right there. Like I I don't I can't. There's see. a single Will Smith character that Jamie Foxx can't play. I, right. I think the other way around, Will Smith can't play most of the... He can't play think, some of the better roles of Jamie Foxx. I don't think Will Smith could have been Django, Vincently. no. I don't think Will Smith could have been Django, but I also don't think... And Jamie, Will Smith was the original choice for Django, but... I don't, but uh, I also don't think Jamie Foxx could have been Ali the way that Ali was Ali, or the way that Will Smith was Ali. Like, I just, I don't agree with that. I don't agree that he was acting I, him well, off. Well, yeah, I, I don't think Jamie Foxx can... Like, a biopic is a little bit different. Like, I, like you can't put Will Smith and Ray. Like, he doesn't have the stature for it. Like, it, you have to have somebody that looks like the person, at least on some level. Like, Jamie Foxx isn't even the same skin tone as Ali. So, well, like, how you how you going to play Ali in a movie? I, 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 I just think I just think that's a ridiculous statement to say he was acting him off the screen. Like that, like in Ali, I think that's ridiculous. He's a better actor. Like, yeah, like he can show like like when I say he's a like a better actor to me, it's like, what's your range of emotions that you can show and be believable? And Jamie Foxx and all of his movies combined has shown he's believable in pretty much every scenario you put him in. Like he's believable in this movie. Like as, as the as the as the slick DA and he's believable as Ray Charles. Like I said, he. Like I said, he didn't. He did nothing for like, me. I don't movies. think Will Smith has that level of range. Like that's that's what I'm talking about. I, Maybe like, like the Ali comparison. It's like I'm talking out my ass a little well, bit. Yeah, the other part. Yeah. Like the man was brilliant at Ali. It's like, come on now. But I don't, right, like, that's what the edit button is for. So, yeah, like, like, well, I'm just saying, like, like if this this specific movie, um, uh, Jamie didn't do anything for me. So I guess I'll take your word for it for that. But it's just like you know, he's there. <laughs> Well, and I, I'm going to take this part. So maybe going forward, just so we could have like yeah. better rationale for these conversations, like categories, like how you like yeah, you know, we, shooting. Like, like, yeah, we just have like yeah, like we should have like set numbers. So maybe we do, um, yeah, like range of emotion, like you said, short movie choices. Um, all right, so all right, so movie choices will be shooting percentage, right? All right, then range. And then, um, like screen presence, yeah. charisma, shit like that. All right, screen presence. And then, and then, like the last one could just be like um, classics or like yeah, quality. Yeah. All right. 
All right, so let's let's just do that, and like we'll we'll just have because the shit that we just did that's like ten minutes of noise. Like let's just do <laughs> five minutes, yeah. for like five minutes of of this, and then we can do that for for all three people, and that way it'll be coherent. All right, all right, all right. So um, we're, this week we're introducing a new category where we're we're breaking down the careers of uh, actors and directors, and we're giving them ratings like on the two K Madden type scale. So starting out with uh with F. Gary Gray, we got his whole career, you know, he's been directing movies since 95, started out uh with Ice Cube making music videos. So he definitely should have been on that um top music video directors turned film directors list last week. That was like an oversight on our part. But um, you know, if you're looking at F. Gary Gray's career, he has He has 10 movies and um I've seen I've seen half of them um and of those 10 you know you have Friday which is considered a, a classic um set it off considered a classic maybe both of those considered cult classics um I I would say straight out of Compton is probably considered a a classic movie at this point that that's probably the best hip hop biopic that's come out like um would you consider any other hip hop biopics to be on the level of Straight Outta Compton? No. Uh, we got Notorious. We got All Eyes yeah, on Me. Bad. Got, worse. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the Wu Tang Universe TV show. I mean, that's a TV show, but that, that's probably the the closest other thing we have right now. I'm, I'm trying to think anybody else. Right. They don't give us good. They don't give us good hip hop biopics. Oh, you got uh, Miss LA. Uh, her movie, she was sleeping with Suge and Dr. Dre. Uh, so I shout mean, out. I don't, I don't think we considered anything that came on Lifetime like, in this conversation. They don't. They don't um, give us. They don't get. I'm trying to think who even else had a biopic hip hop wise. That that might have to be a character. Who who should get one? I think they should give one to LL. I'm not going to see that. <laughs> because <laughs> i gotta think of who i would watch yeah. like and like now that like we've had like wu-tang like i think like stuff like that plays out good as a tv show yeah um, i'd be interested to watch like a rockefeller one like yeah. you can't like if you cast the right people to play like dame and beans and jay and all of that like you could get a couple seasons out of that that i think would make some entertaining tv um but yeah like big figures that probably should get a movie i i, I don't know like I, you know, all these rappers say that their life is a movie. So, like, who knows who's lying? Yeah, and I guess you would have to consider like "Get Rich or Die Trying" and Eight Mile. That's yeah, probably like, about the those. closest that you're getting. Like, those are like pseudo biopics. Eight Mile is good. But, uh, yeah, Eight Mile is good. I, I get Rich or Die Trying too. Fifty Cent's not a good actor in that movie, but I, I enjoy that movie. I think it's a good movie. Uh, it's it's good as like a pseudo accidental comedy. I think there's a lot of accidents of comedy in that movie, but um, I think those, those are yeah. Those I, I are... like the main guy, majestic. Like he he's yeah. walking around with a sword, stabbing people. That's, what got, that's like, hilarious. Got rule in there. Like, yeah, I like that movie. That's, that shit is majestic. Is hilarious. Like there's some accidental comedy in that movie. Um, uh, I think those are probably. I think that's real. Yeah, we're looking at straight out of Compton, Give Rich a Die trying to eight mile, and and straight out of Compton is just miles ahead of both of those other movies. Yeah, so I, I think F. F. Gary Gray. So we got we got four categories that we're doing 
for uh, to, to give these rankings out. So shooting percentage on, on his overall career, uh, for me personally, of the movies that I've seen, I've seen Friday Set It Off, um, Italian Job, Law Abiding Citizen, and um, Straight Out of Compton. So out of that, to <laughs> me, I mean, I don't really like Friday, but it's it's. I mean, it's a good enough movie. Set It Off, I think it's trash. Italian Job is good. Um, Law Abiding Citizen, I told y'all at the beginning, I don't think this movie's very good after rewatching it. So he's shooting 50% for me, um, yeah. for, for what I've seen. Like, I'm, I'm giving him straight out of Compton Friday and the Italian Job. Well, I'll probably give him, because the thing is, I've seen Be Cool, and I don't even remember that movie. So I'm just going to assume that it's mid. So... I'm going to give him a little bit higher. Uh, I'm going to give him around 65 because I think there's something to making, uh, for one, making movies that make a lot of money. And we've already established that Law Bison has made a lot of money. So whether you or the critics like it, because you and the critics like a lot of boring shit. So I'm going to give him credit for this movie and, and bump him up to around a 65. So that's what I'm going to give F. Gary Gray. So with... Uh... And the next category would be his range of movies because he does have he has comedies on there he has biopic he has uh, but it's his main thing is action like you know fate of the furious men in black the italian job set it off like all of those are, are action like law abiding citizens really an action movie it's a thriller too. more than anything yeah. There's a lot of big action sequences yeah. so um you know mainly as an action director that dabbles in comedy and all that give him he's high on the range and like he, he shoot he's 90%, I would say, range. Even though I don't think he executes all those movies well, he's competent in all those areas. So yeah. I, I got to give him a high score there. Yeah, execution-wise, I think that does play a point. So I'm going to knock him down to, uh, you know, uh, 80s, probably give him around 86, 87. So, but I agree, like, range-wise, if you could do those things and show that and at the very least make it, um, you got to give him a relatively high score for that. So... um. I guess so with him, it would be like directorial presence, like the cinematography and, you know, like his style of shooting movies. I will say like the way he shoots his movies is is memorable. It's like, you know, Friday is like it gives you that neighborhood feel like set it off. Yeah. I think the best thing about set, set it off is the cinematography and like the way it's shot. Like the, my main problem with set it off is the plot and he didn't write it. So, so like, <laughs> you know, I, I'll probably give, I'll probably give him more points for set it off than I would, um, you know, the script and all that, you know, Italian job, good, you know, European action sequences driving through like those tight streets and all of that. He shoots that really well straight out of Compton. Yeah. That's... I think is the him at the height of his power. So I, I got to give him, you know, his screen presence really high. Cause I don't think you last this long as a director too. Like if you don't have that distinct style that people are like, yo, I got to work. Like you said before, you know, actors look to work with F Gary Gray. Cause you know, he brings something special to the, to the screen. Yeah. Tyron, Tyron Turner talked about, you know what I'm saying? F Gary Gray, you know what I'm saying? You got to get me on a movie. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think I, I got to give him a 97, uh, especially when you talk about like how great straight out of Compton is like, there's so many scenes that I really enjoy, like from, um, you know, when they're s sitting around listening to Ice Cube to like even them filming Ice Cube uh, doing No Vaseline, like, you know, the fight scene, like just the way, like you said, his directorial style is just really cool. Like, you know, the camera angles that he selects and different things like that. So I got to give him a 97. 
Yeah, because like straight out of Compton, like you really feel like you're reliving some of those yeah. moments, like especially like the way like he shoots them in the booth, yeah, and like when he shoots the concerts and then and even like the parties and stuff, like when they're at Dre's house, it's like it just gives you a real feel of like how those guys were living. So he he definitely brought brought that to life. So I, I agree with that with you on that one. Uh, yeah, um, I just so like you know the last markers. Uh, no, go ahead. Well, no, he just understands the mission. Like, okay, I got this concept. Like you said, like the way that they film the neighborhood is like you give them a script. Like this is the premise of it. Like make it ha- make it happen. So everything like from thriller beginning to end, understanding comedy coming in and like understanding that and executing that. Like you know, it's really important. And he he understands that shit throughout uh, anything that he makes. But go ahead. So uh, the, the the last the last category we have is quality. Yeah. Um, and like, like, like the quality, of the, the quality of these movies. I guess like shooting percentage, you look more at you know how well you're doing box office wise as a director, and you know obviously box office. Like he has a couple movies that grossed over a hundred million dollars, so he obviously knows what he's doing. Um, but for me personally, on the quality side, like I think Straight Outta Compton sets itself apart from the rest of his filmography um even friday because it's like you know like that one just has such a large cultural impact that you got to give them credit for the rest of these movies like you said you can kind of see them and forget them um i remember the italian job because i used to watch it a lot as a kid because it was on cable all the time um but if i hadn't seen it so many times as a kid i probably wouldn't remember it where the rest of these movies Like law abiding citizen, like after we're done with this podcast, I'm putting that in the in the drawer and I'm not pulling it back out. So yeah, I, I think so I, like I, quality, I'll, I'll give them I'm give them 70 on quality. I ain't gonna go too low on them. I'm I'm giving 70 on quality. Yeah, I, I think you know, staying power being memorable is very important. So to have so many legendary movies, whether you want to call them cult classics or you know, box office, all those type of things. Like I got to give them, you know, 80, 81, because if we're looking at the whole body of work, you, you definitely have to get dinged down for mid shit. But, um, you know, like at the end of the day, uh, there's certain superstars who've had, you know, lower quality seasons later in their career. So, um, you know, I, the, the legendary moments are very important. So I got to, I got to give them 80, 81 for that just because he's made memorable shit. So what, what's your what's, what's your overall thing? Because I, I know somebody, like, I don't know if anybody in the audience is doing the math on this. Like, I did the math on mine real quick. He came out as a 75. And I, I think that's a little low, but I, I I mean, with these numbers, I can't put them too much higher than a 75, like, based on these movies. Like, I, I'll probably put them, like, 81, 82 on the, uh, on the overall for F. Gary Gray as a director, where... You know, I have a very great movie. If I see you directed, I'm like, all right, I know it's at least going to be of a certain quality. Right. But the chances of it being a classic is right now he's one out of 10 on the chances of getting a classic out of me. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I believe that's great. Great at an 82. I'm going to give him I, 82. I definitely didn't do the math for that. But uh, Straight out of Compton is legendary. So that's definitely a classic. And you got, you know, two other cult classics. Um, I have no clue what the reviews on Be Cool is. Like I said, when I saw it, it was a bid. Like, I don't remember it. I, I remember it being a lot of stars in that, with Travolta and all that. Um, whatever the, the math is on it, I'm going to bump it up to around 85, 86, because at the very least, you understand that he's going to come in, going to understand the mission of what you're trying to create. And, like, it's going to be directed well, whether, you know, the the cast and all that other, whether they play the part or not. 
you know, at the very least, you know, it's going to be shot well. So for that, I think he deserves, you know, mid-80s. So as a coach, so as, I, I think a director, we could probably compare that to a coach. Yeah. Who, who's, who's a good coach to compare F. Gary Gray to? That's that's a tough one. Um, I think I'm going to say Herm Edwards because, you know, Herm, he going to get you 13-3. But, you know, you might not necessarily win the championship. But you gonna be in the mix, so I think I think I'm a uh, I think I'm a compared to, to the the great Herb Edwards. Yeah, like I, if you are gonna go football, I'll probably go basketball. I'll probably give him like a, a Doc Rivers guy. It's yeah. like you know he, he like he's had his moments of greatness, um, and you know sometimes he gets like an All Star cast, but he just can't get it done. So right. like, like with this movie, I'm like yo, you got all the players on the field, but this, this just quality wise just wasn't it for me so I think, yeah I, like I, i'm i'm giving doc rivers like doc rivers and maybe that's saying doc rivers is a little low on, on the coaching scale but um yeah I'm, I'm giving doc rivers i you know what i'm gonna switch mine and completely agree with you i think doc rivers <laughs> because it is one of those things where like in order to win the championship everything has to be perfect like like straight out of cop it was just a it was just perfect like you know perfect scenario he had Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce, and all those guys were hungry. You know, Rondo found a gym in Rondo. So yeah, I think I think Doc is the perfect comparison right there. But maybe it's F. Gary Gray needs to work with Ice Cube more often, and right. or like both of them need to work together because you know they have Friday and Straight Outta Compton. Ten years later, every ten years they give you a class. But so I guess we do for another one in uh, in two years. Like they, they should start filming that now and and get ready to drop that. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's his Ray John Rondo Ice Cube. So <laughs> that's his, you know, great point guard. So uh, let's look at Jamie Foxx's career. Um, you know, J- Jamie's been in the game for for a long time. Um, you know, started out as a stand up. We all know that, and you know, went went on the sitcom. But if we're just talking about his movie career, because you know, I. I like as an overall entertainer, I think he ranks really high. But if you know, we're just talking about movies, you know, how are we ranking James yeah, Fox? Like, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, what do you think about JD stand up? Yeah. I, I kind of feel the same way. So all right, let's move on. I kind of feel the same way. Yeah, like like you know, it's like I like think Jamie is more funny like when he's like hosting stuff or like in that that famous like this is your conscience moment like stuff like that like where Jamie's just a funny person like his interviews that I've seen him in like where he can do voices of different people or like the way he tells stories and shit like that I think you know I think he's just an all-around entertainer like comedy is not his strongest suit I think he's a better musician than he is comedian, to be honest. Yeah, yeah his albums do hit hard, so I agree with that. Yeah, because that, that first album, in my opinion, is a classic. That yeah. uh, Well, n- not that shit he dropped in the 90s. Um, the, not, not the Peep This album. The, <laughs> I don't even remember production. that shit. This, he's in the <laughs> history books of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he dropped Peep This in 94, but nobody really peeped that. Ain't nobody peeping that shit. Keep yeah, that shit. Keep that shit in the comment section. <laughs> Well, shout out to Jamie um, Fox. So yeah, like we're just looking at his film career, like you know, first first film, 92 Toys. Um, he's still going strong to this day. Like, like you said at the top of the podcast, he's got a couple of movies in the works. He's been heavy in the Netflix game the last couple of years. Um, 
I don't want to run down his whole cat his whole uh, filmography because it's too many movies to name. But um, looking at the shooting percentage, I mean, box office wise, movies that he starred in that have made over a hundred million dollars. Um, you got this movie, Law Abiding Citizen. Um, yeah, Collateral. Him and Tom Cruise that brought home two twenty. Ray. Uh, hold on, I, I should have looked this up before. Hey, two twenty. Yeah, so we got we got Ray, we got Django, Law Abiding Citizen. So he's got over five movies that have made over a hundred million that that he's either the star or the co-star of. So you gotta say that he's shooting pretty high with the people. People like to see Jamie Foxx and stuff. So I'm gonna give him like ninety percent. Well, no, yeah, that's probably too high. Like he's probably like he's probably like like you know mix of box office and quality. I would say Jamie's probably shooting in the eighties, like. Cause you know, even like little movies, like breaking all the rules. Yeah, like, I, I like that movie. Um, he's not the star of movies like any given Sunday, but Willie Beeman is, is memorable and has like lived on in a bunch of rap lyrics. It's like every time you see Jamie in a movie, for the most part, he brings, he brings his a game, like even movies like Jarhead, which I don't think it's that good overall as a movie, like Jamie's really good in it. So um, I, I would say yeah, he's gotta be shooting like eighty five percent. Like yeah, I, I I couldn't go lower than that eighty five. I, I agree with that. Probably around um eighty six, eighty seven, just because um, like I said, you know, legendary status. You know, you, even you know shit like Booty Call, which is silly and ridiculous, but you know that's lived on in a lot of hood classics and a lot of hood circles. So, and like you said, you know, Willie Beam is my favorite quarterback, my my favorite fantasy quarterback. Um, I, I think he might be the best. Movie quarterback, uh, Willie Beeman. I don't know. Um, the, the nigga from the member of the Titans, what's his name? Fruit Booty or whatever. <laughs> I can't remember that man's name. <laughs> like, what the hell? Sun, sun, his name was Sunshine. Not Booty. It was, so, yeah, it was my bad. Sunshine. My, my bad. I, I knew it was something like suspect or something like because like they just yeah, kept you got like Sunshine. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's a whole other conversation for another episode, right? Right, right, right. yeah. So, do um, that, like. Yeah, so yeah. we talk about like memorable characters and quality and different things like that. I, I, I'm gonna go relatively high. I'm gonna go. Actually, I want to go 89. Honestly, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 89. Um. So with Jamie with range, I think I think the range slider is all the way up on Jamie. He's like he's got to be like you know 95 plus on range because he can do everything from comedy to drama. Like he shows up in silly movies like Horrible Bosses and. And the first one, he's funny. Like the second one, everybody's just there for the check. But, you know, like Jamie, Jamie can slide into all these movies, not only and play different, you know, things like comedy drama, but he can also be the lead in a movie or he can be the supporting. And it's like he holds his own against other A-list actors, like in, in a movie like Ali uh, with Will Smith, like his character in that movie, his performance in that movie, I think is just as memorable as Will Smith. Well, but everybody's like really good in that movie. Like, yeah. you know, John Voight's really good as Howard Cosell and all that. Like he's unrecognizable, really. So it's like everybody's like great in that movie. And like he doesn't get swallowed up by other people's greatness, like when he's acting next to him. Um, and, you know, obviously he has his movies like uh, Ray, where he, he gets his Oscar and, you know, movies like Django. He's in there with top tier actors and holding his own. In, in that movie too so i gotta give jamie like you know 99 on the range like he, every time like if he shows up and the script and everything's right like you know i don't think jamie won't deliver for you 
Right. I'm not going to go as high as 99. I don't know if there's anybody who's a 99, but I will go high. I'll probably, I'll, I got to knock him down a couple just because, you know, I, I do think there is certain shit where he's not necessarily memorable in. So I'm, I'm going to give him 90. Like I said, this movie did, did nothing for me. So a 99 would have to be like perfection, you know, so. You know, I, I got to knock him down on ninety seven. Fair, fair, fair enough. Like I, I, I'll, I'll bring him down to like a ninety six. I'll give him, yeah, I'll give him, yeah, because like no, nobody. Then I guess we're we're never gonna give out a ninety nine. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, can might... you not say like somebody like De Niro's at a ninety nine? Like he probably, does yeah, probably. Yeah, so, so I don't know. So uh, all right, yeah. So maybe like Jamie should be. Uh, all right, you you kind of talked me off the ledge here. Uh, all right, I'll give him mid. I'll give him ninety five. Keep keep him in the middle I, of the ninety. Because yeah, I just can't give him quite ninety nine, especially because there's a lot of shit that I haven't seen. So like if I if I saw him in everything and in everything he was memorable and he was great, I would give him a ninety nine. But like I, I would have to assume like there might have been lulls or you know, like I said, especially based off of this movie because this movie did nothing for me in in regards to what he did. So I, I'm give I, I'll go a little bit higher. I'll give him a ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, because the the, pro the thing is with actors, it's like you know, especially somebody like Jamie, yeah. which I feel like he's he's making movies for a lot of different audiences. So he's not gonna make something that you want to see every time. Like I'm never gonna press play on Just Mercy. Like he didn't make that for me. Like he didn't make the soloist for me. But I'm sure that's somebody else's shit. So you know, I, I gotta give him high on the range just for that because he shows up in in those yeah. movies and. You know the critics seem to like them and, and that type of stuff, but you know that's just not for me. Like, you know, yeah, you know, I'm not watching. I'm just not watching that shit. Because I'm probably never gonna press prey on stealth, but you know, like you said, he made that shit for somebody. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure somebody, <laughs> oh, yeah, stealth. Like, where's stealth too? Yeah, because that shit it just gets lost in the mix with the rest of that shit. Like, if I'm gonna watch a movie like that, I'd much rather watch the movie. Um, what is that shit called with the Tuskegee Airmen? Like, uh, like I'd much rather watch some shit like that. Oh, Red Tails? Yeah, Red Tails. Like, like if I'm going to watch that style of movie, I would watch Red Tails over Stealth. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, like, Screen Presence, like, I, I'm going to give... I'm gonna give him high on screen presence. I, th yeah. I think he's got to be at like a, a 95 because, like I said before, you put him in movies with other A-list actors that have big presences and like he's right at home. He doesn't ever like I, I haven't like really seen a movie where Jamie. It's like yo, you don't belong on the same screen with this guy. Like he's yeah. a much better actor than you. So he always holds his own. So I'm gonna give him like 95 on screen presence. I'm 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 gonna go even a little bit higher. I'm gonna go another 97. Um, I'm I'm close to giving him a 99 on that because, like you said, like at the very least, he comes in, he's he does his job, and there is there's never a point where it's like, like you feel like he's completely miscast. Like even in this movie, I feel like he he did the job for the role. It's just the role is just yeah. Like I don't know if anybody else would have came in and and did any and punched up what this character does. So in regards to coming in doing your job, like you know he he's a, he's a, he's a like. As one of the bosses at, at uh, when I was working at a previous job, he called me a grunt worker because I used to come in and do the job every day. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to give him the grunt worker status. Oh, I guess, um, you know, the, to 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 put a button on it for quality, for quality, uh, where's Jamie at? Because I guess this would be the more personal thing, um, your, your personal feeling on it. Because for me, in the movies that I've seen him in, like he's got a couple that I've gone back to a lot. Like Collateral, I think is a classic. Um, Django, 
I would say is probably his my favorite movie that he's in. Um, and, you know, I've seen Ali a lot and he's great in that. And then, you know, his little appearances in these other movies like Due Date and all that, like, I think he's 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 consistent. He's consistently funny. Like, but I do think it's been a while since um, there's been a good Jamie Foxx movie. Like, you know, looking at his last 10 years, it really just seems like it's we're, we're in here for the check Jamie mode for the last like 10 years. Like since J like Django was 2012. Yeah. And Has that's the anything? last Jamie movie that I care about. So that's a, yeah, like that. I was about to say that. Like, has he done anything since Django? Like, he's been in a lot of shit since Django. He has, like, I, I'm talking about. Django. I'm talking about a good movie. Like that's what I mean when I say has he done anything since Django. I, I, well, see, I'm not like he, he kind of got um, Spider. He got marveled because he's he's in a couple yeah, Spider Man yeah. movies and shit like that. So because that that that's that, more on, I blame that more on Hollywood than him. Like you got you got to be in what's what's there to be in. So that movie is awful, and he's awful in it. Like he's awful as oh, the, he, oh you saw it. <laughs> he's awful. Like the fucking Electric Man guy. He's fucking terrible. Like he is ass at that. I'm like, yo, like this ain't Jamie Foxx. Really? He's terrible as Electric Man, whatever the fuck he's supposed. <laughs> fucking Electric Water Man. Yeah, I, I have to take your word for it because I'm I'm not a superhero movie guy, so I haven't seen any of that. He's a he's an Electric Water Man or some dumb shit. Like he's terrible. The uh, character, well, Jamie, you gotta do, you gotta do better. The character's terrible, and he's terrible. That movie is a piece of shit. I think was it? Is he the Amazing Spider-Man one or two? I think he was in the first one. That movie is a piece of shit. So does he lose points for that? Like, do you yeah. lose points for being in bad movies? Yeah, you got to get knocked down a peg. Yeah, bad movies that I've seen you in, hell you. But that's what I'm saying. Like him versus Will Smith. Uh, quality wise, I got to give it to Will. I think Will makes much better choices, and we've agreed that Will has some bad choices in there. So, yeah, no, I, I think <laughs> like well, quality wise or shooting percentage wise, like Will Smith shoots higher. I think the only people you could say like shoot on Will Smith's level are like Tom Cruise, yeah, and and Tom Cruise. Like that's <laughs> like they're probably it. Like I don't know anybody else that shoots that high. Like with box office and and uh, critics. Well, I think well, Tom Cruise probably shoots higher with critics because, like, he used to be a real actor like twenty years ago. Yeah. Like, like now he just hangs <laughs> out of planes and shit. I think the, <laughs> I think the thing about Will that he does a good job on is like he knows who he is. And he knows what he does well. So I think that's where you see the consistency. Where I think Jamie did kind of get into the Samuel Jackson realm of like I'm gonna show up and get this check right fast. And I, I mean, like after you've been doing movies for for so long, I I can't blame you. But like yeah. you said, it, if you show up in Spider Man uh, and you're bad, it's like Spider Man. Like you shouldn't be bad in Spider Man. Like I feel like you don't have to act in Spider Man. Like he, you shouldn't be bad in that. He was a piece of shit as Electric Water Man, wherever the fuck he was. Like <laughs> that's a bad movie. So what, what's the overall score for Jamie? I I gotta knock him down a little bit because, like I said, I. I haven't seen most of those movies that you mentioned, like that that middle of the career um, after Django. Um, but since I've seen The Amazing Spider-Man and I didn't like him in it, and I was surprised at how bad he was, I got to give him around an 84 for, for quality in that. Damn, 84. Yeah, I, I just remembered how bad that Amazing Spider-Man was, and that just makes my stomach hurt. So 
I got to knock them down now that you remember why <laughs> Well, the, the fact that I haven't watched a Jamie Foxx movie since 2012, I'm going to have to say, well, no, I saw Horrible Bosses too, and nobody should have seen Horrible Bosses too. So, yeah, I, I can't disagree with you on that. So, overall, like, I'll probably give Jamie like a 90. He can't go much higher than that. Like, you know, a lot, lot of talent, but, you know, the overall movies, um, you know, he kind of had a spark. Like, he kind of had that run, like, in the, that uh early 2000s then he cooled off a bit yeah and um he, he had some shit in the 90s and you know that that was that so yeah i'm, I'm gonna leave jamie around in 90 i do wonder like horrible bosses is that the movie about like when you're doing your job and the supervisor comes up and says you know it's my job to tell you you're not doing your job or like you know yeah supervisor comes up and says i'm your supervisor don't you get it is there a lot of that shit in there like yeah, you would probably like the first one. That's what's with the first one because like there's three guys they plan to kill their bosses because of this. Oh, all right. Of like shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so that, you you would probably like horrible bosses. Yeah, that sounds like the uh, sounds like the wave I was on last year. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the categories for uh, Law Abiding Citizen. Um, let's jump right into it. Best scene. What's the best scene in this movie? Best scene. Well, shit. I actually got to check my damn notes. Because. Hold on, my bad. Well, you know what, too? Because uh, I, I wanted to make this a category, too, of like best jail scene slash funny jail dialogue. Because it's like one of the funny scenes in this movie is like what he's they're delivering him the plate when he's in jail. And like you just hear the prisoners just saying anything. So, like. One of the funny scenes I've seen some guy going to jail and they're just walking in and one of the inmates is like, yeah, you real cute. So I always find like, <laughs> I always find like jail dialogue hilarious. No, the, the jail, the jail scenes up there, like the, that whole sequence that like five minutes of the movie is great. Yeah. I, I think uh best scene to me was probably when they're uh, diffusing the bomb. I think like that whole like bomb sequence and then, like, how they kind of duped him at the end where the bomb is, like, uh, I didn't really see that coming, you know, like, uh, yeah, I, I I found that to be the best scene, like, the end scene when, uh, you know, they they uh, get the bomb into the, the to the cell. I like that. See, like, you, you, you step it on some of the shit that I hate about this movie. Like, I, <laughs> like, I hate when movies end with, like, the bomb, oh, we gotta get to the bomb before they yeah. blow it up, because it's, like, it's been done to death. Yeah. Like, you couldn't come up with something more clever to end this movie. Like, nah, I'm 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 out on the on the bomb at the end. <laughs> and, and I'm like, all right, so now all of a sudden Clyde's dumb. I'm like, Clyde was outsmarting you niggas the yeah. whole movie, but like y'all killed him with his own bomb. Like, I don't I don't buy it. It's it's a convenient plot hole that I enjoy. I like the buddy pit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the only response to some shit like that. I like the money pit. I like the I feel money like pit. that's gonna be all your justifications for this movie. Um my my, my best scene is Clyde in court. Like I, I love a good um, you know, on YouTube when people act up in court, they either try to like attack the code of yeah. the, the defendant, or um one of my favorite is uh when the guy tells he cusses the judge out after his sentence. So, you know, Clyde, I, he, he joined he joined that lineage of, well, of people, you know, saying fuck the judge. So I love I that think, scene. I think Gucci Man has to be number one. Uh bitch how might be. How long was that a meme for? I think that's still a meme. 
he actually say that in court? Yes. Fat Gucci man. He goes, bitch, I might see. I I know bitch, I might be was a song. I didn't know that no, was a real that's, true that's, story. That's Gucci Mane. Like, I, bitch, I might be. Like, that's one of the greatest jail lies of all. Claude definitely had one of the great jail lies. He's just like, they're like dragging him out of the court. He's like, hey, you're probably taking up the ass, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Like that's that yeah, yeah, like you know, a, a good like grandstanding in court. I think that that always just works in movies, like you yeah. know. But but yeah, shout out to Gucci um, man for bitch I might be. That's what that's what the greatest lies. Wait, so what, why why did why did Gucci say bitch I might be in court? I, I don't remember. I just remember it being fat Gucci man. Because there's definitely two different Gucci mans. Whether the other whether the new guy's a clone or not, that's definitely a completely different Gucci man. But uh, fat fat Gucci man was off the chain. I love fat Gucci man. It's like masked and, and uh, unmasked Like those are two different wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, like uh, unmasked is like a Republican senator or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that that masked that's not the same dude. Hell no, that masked was just scary as hell. Like unmasked like I'll probably have dinner with that dude. So, um, what's the uh, best performance in this movie? I I think. I think it takes more effort to be the Gerard Butler guy. Like he's wearing costumes and shit. Um, <laughs> he's being fake police officers. So I, I think I got, like I said, Jamie, the Jamie Foxx character really kind of did nothing for me, especially because I think, you know, Gerard Butler does a, a decent bit of acting in the beginning where like he's crying and they got him stabbed up and shit like that. Like, you know, I believe that he was getting stabbed up and that shit was happening to him. So um, I got to give it to Gerard Butler. You didn't give out participation trophies, like you know, <laughs> just because just because his character was asked to show more emotions, like he wasn't equipped to show all of those emotions, <laughs> like like that that shit, like where he's like, but it's my little girl, Nick, and all of that. I was just like, oh, fast forward, <laughs> like yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I can't sit through. Like it made me uncomfortable. I'm like, yeah, this is just bad acting. I'm like. You know, they probably tried to get it out of him for 50 takes and they just had to settle on this. So <laughs> I, I'm giving it to Jamie by default Um, because Jamie's not asked to do too much, but he doesn't he doesn't display any bad acting like Gerard Butler displays some bad acting in this movie. So I can't give it to him. That's one thing I'll say, like um, the Jamie Foxx performance, it doesn't necessarily blow you away. But it's also not one of those things that's like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, why is he doing that? Like I said, I'm still leaning towards Gerard Butler because he has some of my favorite moments. Like, I love when he's the little cop guy and he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, you're about to die now. Like, that gun was a fake gun that puts poison in your body. So now I'm about to dismember you. I love that part. So I got to give it to Gerard Butler. Yeah, like he's, he's got some good moments, but... It's like he just he just ruined it for me. Like like when he was trying to be all emotional and shit. I'm like, nah, like that's not what you do. Yeah, because like, it's like you you that's, that's that's not your like that that's the stay in your lane, Cameron, for this movie. It's like no, nah, like you did you the Terminator dude. Like you don't right. get emotional. You just shoot shit up. You you definitely don't get called Stallone to like or not Stallone but Schwarzenegger. You don't call him to have like a whole soliloquy. It's gonna sound ridiculous. Under my little girl, da, 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 da. like, like you call him to be husky and shoot things. So I agree with you on that one. 
Yeah, like Schwarzenegger has the, has a movie like this called Commando, where like they take his daughter. He's like, I got to get the doctor. <laughs> like they did. Like that's it. Like there's no dialogue for the rest of the movie. Yeah, just people getting shot. <laughs> Could you imagine Slow trying to bust some tears? Or not? I keep calling him Slow. Like Schwarzenegger trying to bust some. Te- it's going to look ridiculous. You know, they they definitely got to bring like the eye drops for him because he he's yeah. not working up no real tears. No, I, I'll say too. Like Sly, Sly has actually become a better actor over the years. Like I think Sly is probably the best actor in Creed, the Creed series. <laughs> I mean, he's good in Creed one, but no, I, I gotta give it to Jonathan Majors. But I, I'm not gonna step on the the Creed the Creed podcast. Yes, yeah, fine, that's good. Yeah, he, like he he's like the memorable character in all of those movies. Yeah, I like Creed one and Creed two. I I think he's the best one. But um, all right. So uh, back to law abiding citizen. But best quote. Um, it, it's it's a silly one, but like when they're on the jail, he's like, um, what's that part where he goes, um, shit, I gotta look at it now. He goes, um, my bad. He goes, I'm gonna bring the whole uh disease corrupt corrupt system down on your head. It is going to be biblical. Like, that's not the best acting, but I love the, that. Like, I don't lie. That is bad acting. That was some, that's some bad acting. That, that is some bad acting. That is like, some bad acting. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to bring the whole criminal, the, the disease, criminal corrupt system down on your head. It is going to be biblical. Like, that's a great quote that he just fumbled over. But, uh, like, the law still stands as, you know, the best quote in the movie, in my opinion. For for me, the best quote was uh, when Jonas, like when uh, they go to see Mayor Viola, and um, she's like, "Why don't y'all have this shit under control?" And he was like, two things: he's very smart and he's very angry." And I'm just like, I just started cracking up because I'm like, <laughs> like that's like the level of thought they put into the script of this yeah. movie. I'm like, this and and like you can't say that to your boss. It's like, yo, how come you don't have the shit under control? It's like, yo, he's smarter than us and he mad. Like, I can't do anything about it. <laughs> that is so, definitely like that shit just cracked me up because I was like, yeah, this is really when this movie just I'm like, yeah, this shit's just too dumb. It's too dumb. And it knows it's dumb. That that's definitely a D nice level of analyzation of what's going on. It's like, yo, fucked all the chicken up, huh? Yup. Fucked all the chicken up. Well, from a chain of command standpoint, though, I feel like when you have a good organization, it's like the boss worked his way up to question your authority in this situation, and the boss can be like, "All right, move the fuck out of the way. I, like, I'll just handle it." I, I don't believe that Viola, Mayor Viola, can handle this shit. But I think there's a part of the system because people like that get elected. Yeah, I mean that's fair, but in her defense, it's not her job to handle it. It's, it's their it's job not, to yeah. handle it. Yeah, she fair she's enough. running the city. Yeah, like like if I trust you to run the city, I don't want to hear no noise from the part of the city you're supposed to hold down. Right. She's like, damn, like this. She's like, he's still killing people, and like she was ready to get it done. She's like, yo, get him out of the city tomorrow. Right. Go yeah. over there playing, yeah. going back and forth with him. Like call the feds. Like that was my shit on the wire. Like it's like yo, when they couldn't handle it, like yo, just call the feds. Like they got the budget for this shit. Like we don't have the budget. Like this guy's a CIA guy. You don't have a budget to to contend with him with some donut eating cops. Like, I def- get rid of him. I definitely would have exiled that motherfucker to Moscow. So we do would have hit Siberia. So get his ass out of here. So I agree with that. Yeah, I, I like how she was ready. Like she was like yo. 
like the Patriot, there's something under the Patriot Act where we can get this dude out of here. She's like, yo, let's violate his rights. Yes, like, <laughs> I do like that. Is I love when like the people in charge do shit like that though. It's like it's like, yo, this is war. Like get his ass out of here, treason or some shit. Like let's trip up some charges and get him out of my country. That's why I like that that George Carlin bit where he was like, you know, everybody goes around talking about your rights. He's like, no, you got privileges until somebody decides you don't. Like, like in a situation like this, they were like, look, he's killing enough people. Like, we can't go through the we got to treat him nice because the Constitution says so. It's like, right. just get rid of him and send him to super banks. And, you know, my folk is like in charge to do the shit anyway. So it's like, you know, whatever. Yeah. They violate people's rights all the time, but now all of a sudden it's Clyde. That that was one of those things where I see like, all right, I see a mod's problem with these this, this movie. It's like now all of a sudden we can't yeah, violate because, people's rights. Yeah, it, it just you know it just requires too much uh, disbelief, and like I'm a big thing on like if you like a movie has to pick which side it wants to be on. Like Lakeview Terrace, it's a comedy whether it knows it or not. Like this movie. It it tries to be serious, but it doesn't really have the unintentional comedy to like justify yeah. me sitting there for two hours. I was just like, "Yo, can this shit be over?" No, I enjoyed. Like, we, we know he's not gonna win. The bad guy always loses. I enjoyed like, that shit. Well, it's like it's like when you watch a playoff game, like you knew Michael Jordan was going to win in the nineties, but like every now and then the Jazz would take a five point lead, and he come back, he steal the ball, and he goes on a ten point run. So that's what this movie is. Yeah, but basketball isn't scripted. Allegedly, like, let's move on. Let, let's move yeah, on. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> there's some, there's yeah, some like, Gematria yeah. dudes on the internet who would have a whole debate with you, a whole three-hour debate. Well, everybody wins basketball games fair and square. Right, like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so yeah, I, that's a good segue into not how the game is played. What's what's the not how the game is played? In There's this movie? so much not how the game is played. I can't even. I do have to go back to my notes for a second. So I can't even fucking remember. I get mixed up with what I keep in the comment section. I think not how the game is played is when the judge gives bail. Clearly, when this guy is like when she decides to give Clyde bail, when clearly this guy did what he did and uh, the DA, Jamie Foxx is telling it like, no, we can't give him bail. He's a flight risk, but he's able to use some law code. And she's just like, yeah, I, I got to give him bail. And like you said, that scene to me, that scene is not how the game is played. And that's why he spazzes on the bitch. It's like, all right, now I have to turn up and teach all you people a lesson because you don't understand how the game is played. So I'm going to show you my game and it's a two by rules and you're going to play my game. So that wasn't how the game was played. Yeah, that that judge was just kind of like a dickhead. Yeah. She's like, like I like the part where she gets like shot in the head by her oh, phone. Yeah, yeah great. She, she's like, yeah, I can do whatever I want. And then <laughs> the next, it's like you know she, she's gone. But um, but yeah, yeah, I, like that's definitely not how the game is played. Like you gotta. She was clearly like thinking about her lunch. And like not worried about like like this case in front of her. I'm like, yo, this is life and death that you're making these decisions on. You gotta tighten up. But um my not how the game is played is like Nick, because I think Nick 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 made two mistakes that like you know made Clyde decide he was gonna teach him a lesson. Was one he came in there, was like, yo, you know, I don't like like you know we got to get some level of justice and he kind of was dismissive dismissive of him then 
He gets caught shaking Darby's hand. Yeah. It's like, yo, Darby's a rapist and a pedophile. There's no reason to ever touch his hand. And then when they catch Nick, like 10 years later, he comes in and like pats him on his hand. He's like, yo, nobody's going to say you did anything wrong. We all agree and shit. True weakness. And while yeah. he was about to go proceed to lock him up. I'm like, bro, like, you got to stop being dismissive of this man. Like, yeah. that's why we're here in the first place. Like, you keep dismissing him and now he wants your real attention. So... I got to say, Jamie, that's not how the game is played. And I think the real issue with the whole situation. Nick. Yeah, Nick, 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 Jamie, whatever. Like, it doesn't really matter. But I think the whole issue with that situation is that he didn't even come to him. Like, at the very least, have the decency and the, the, the manhood to come to him before you make the deal. It's like he wasn't even going to tell him like the, his boss said, yo, you have to tell this guy that you're making the deal. So like like you said, that, that was a complete dismissive of who this guy is and, and what he feels like he represents. Yeah, so, you know, as far as the kill list goes, I'm, I'm going to say Nick can be on the kill list because <laughs> he, he did he did kind of insult this guy to his face multiple times, yeah. like kept insulting his intelligence and shit like that. So, like, Nick can be on the kill list. Like, I'm still on the side that the interns should have got a pass. Like, you don't got to kill the interns. I, I agree with that, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of um, casualties in war, so what's a war without some casualties? Yeah, this is one man's war. <laughs> it's a it's a fucking it's a, it's a movie. It's Batman, like. Um, I I even go touch it. This nigga Clyde said, "I was at least trying to clean up." Go- he he was trying to clean up Gotham, for like for like he was still trying to get his shit off, but at the same time he was trying to clean up Gotham. Like this dude, like he wasn't trying to clean the city up. Like this nigga said, like, I'm, "I'm just gonna kill everybody. Y'all gonna see it." I'm the Batman now. Like, that's what that nigga said. Um, so keep it in the comment section. For me, keep it in the comment section had to be Ames' last words. Like, you know, when they were about to execute him, he's like, yo, the man, he's like, the wrong man's dying here today. And like, I don't agree with that. Like, I feel like, you know, if you decide to go on the criminal side, you just got to take responsibility for your actions. Even if your man snitches on you and all of that, you shouldn't have been there. Like, don't try to, you know, apologize 10 years later and all that shit for the heinous shit you did. Like, you know, take your medicine, literally. Yeah. So, no, I don't want to hear that shit. Keep that shit in the comment section. Yeah, I got a thought about that, but, you know, I'm not going to touch that right now. Um, I think keeping it in the comment section had to be his cellmate because he's just annoying and there's a reoccurring theme in this movie where nobody knows who they're fucking with when it comes to this Clyde guy. Um, like, that, that is a central issue with this movie. It's like, you would think the criminal justice system has enough files that you would research who this guy is and have a, a plan of attack. Like, <laughs> but I think that's why I enjoy this movie because the, the fantasy... You call that bad writing, Steve. Yeah, I, I just, I like the fantasy aspect of, like, you know what? I'm just going to do this shit myself. I'm going to be a one-man army. So I enjoy that. But, like, one of the guys, one of the things I don't like is a fake tough guy. Like, don't be the tough guy and it's like, you're really not about what you say. Especially because you don't even know what this did, dude to come did to come in here. Like... If if there's a guy who gets meals and he gets to have his iPod playing, I'm just going to assume that he's the boss of this shit and I'm not going to come out here and talk about you better give me some of your food or else I'm going to beat you up. It's not how jail works, Steve. Like, you can't I, well, just, like, if you, it's, it's, one, that's his cell. 
They moved this man into his cell. Yeah. You can't just bow down to this guy in your cell. But he wind up having to bow down anyway. That's why I say like you can keep. No, he died. Yes. But, like he didn't even see it coming. Yeah, that's like, what I'm he saying. Didn't, he didn't. Well, and then one, he didn't die because he was being tough. He was. He died because Nick needed to kill him to get to PC. Oh, hey, like well, to to get to solitary. Well, so he was gonna die regardless. He's gonna die if he was a nice guy. He was. Well, he was a pawn. I I don't I don't care about that. Like I like I said, you could keep the tough guy shit in the comment section because you talk about I'm gonna beat this guy ass and, and you didn't even defend yourself. So that's why I say like he he accelerated the process. Got stabbed in the neck with a snake yeah. bone. How are you supposed to defend himself, Steve? Well, I'm like, I'm just saying, bro. Like he was made it seem like he was about that action, and he didn't, and I didn't like that. So I feel like you could have kept him in the comment section. That's what I'm, that's that's how I feel about it. I'm like, yo, you talking all this like, yo, if you'll give me your food, if you'll give me a piece of that steak, like it's gonna be problems. And like when it comes out to it, like you didn't even see it coming. Like no, like keep that shit in the comment section. Like, like yo no like you better give me a piece of your steak and some noodles i love that was one of that was one of my favorite parts it's like yeah you want some steak you want some noodles yeah have everything <laughs> keep that well see like th th that was my animal behavior was uh like him just eating the macaroni with his hands yeah i'm like, <laughs> like you're not even gonna pick up the fork no, he, he 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 wasn't about that life. Like he's just an uncivilized idiot who got what was coming to him. I think animal behavior. There's nothing more animal than robbing a nigga at dinner time, and it was enough to take his stuff. Like, you know, you gotta do all that other violation to him. It just wasn't unnecessary. I don't even know if that's animal shit. Like, I think I think animals just yeah. That's that's <laughs> yeah. That's just yeah. yeah. That, but to me, like that's like. Yeah, it's just bad writing, but, you know, I, but I, I can't keep saying that. I would have to assume that there are people out there like that. So, I don't know. That dumb? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, so. I just I just don't think we should make movies about them. Well, I, I was entertained, so, uh, that, that, you know. Um, So, like, for, for this week, we got a new category, uh, adult supervision. And, <laughs> like, I thought, I thought of this category because of this movie, because I was like, this movie needed you know a better script supervisor they needed somebody to tell them like look bro you got to bring this shit down to reality on some level like this whole nick plan makes no sense you know him killing all of these people and then getting like how did how did he tunnel into jail we talk about clyde like how did he tunnel into jail and nobody noticed how did he keep leaving every day and nobody noticed Cl clyde's like, plan right because nick was the da yeah yeah my bad um my bad clyde's plan yeah yeah, like, like the just the logistics behind the whole thing is stupid. Um, like, why would somebody get themselves intentionally locked up? I think all of that stuff is dumb. Like, they they could have definitely rewrote rewrote this and made it make a little bit more sense, but they chose not to. They they went for the the dumbest way possible. That's why I can't rewatch this movie because I'm like, this is just too dumb to even be entertained by. Well, like I said, I looked at it as Batman. Like Batman has a cave and he has everything on his tool belt that he needs to defeat like trade criminals. So, like, like I said, I, I just bought into it. I, I just, I just pictured him as Batman. So, I just figured, like, yeah, like that. That's how Batman do it. Like Batman have a bat cave underneath the jail and shit, and he could just go into the tunnel and beat up all the criminals and shit like that. <laughs> but... 
My thing is, it's like they made him seem like he was so much smarter than everybody, and then he gets killed in the dumbest way possible. Yeah. So that that's why I'm saying that whole part of the movie is just stupid. Because I'm like, you built it all up, and then Jamie's like, you're going to die in about 25 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, yo, fuck this movie. <laughs> Fuck this movie. That's what I'm saying. Like, no. Jamie, Jamie did nothing for me in this movie. Like, that, that is just a terrible standoff. Yeah, you got about 25 seconds. That's just a terrible standoff. So. Yeah, and they, they try to give him these, like, little slow-mo walking while this shit is yeah. blowing up. And I'm just like, no, you didn't earn it. Yeah, they tried to make it, like, cool at the end. <laughs> like, yeah, let's make it a cool action and, movie. And, out. like, um... And, you know, just to rewrite, like, you could have got rid of that whole part with, like, JB and his daughter. Like, they don't add anything to the movie. No. That, that, that's the most boring part of the movie. And it's like, they wrap it up by him going to his daughter, his daughter's, like, play or whatever recital. And I'm like, is this supposed to make me think he learned a lesson or something from all of this? Because now he's going to her events instead of being at the office. I'm like, no. I, like, I hate all, like, relationship dialogue. Like, him and the Regina Hall character is a little cringeworthy. I'm just like, I don't really need this. Like, like how does this add to the movie? Like, that part where he's like, yeah, let me talk to my daughter. And he's putting, he's putting his head to her stomach. He's like, yeah, your mother's an asshole. I'm just like, yeah, like, what is the point of that part? Like, no thanks. Because it's like, they want you... I, like, I feel like it's just more, like bad writing because it's like they want you to think oh his family might die and you gotta root for Nick I'm like no Nick is kind of an asshole like I I wasn't rooting for anybody in this movie I was rooting for it to be over (laughs) (laughs) well it's like that part like uh with beads in the first state property where he's interacting with his daughter he's sticky but but it's like that shit is hilarious (laughs) that's that's hilarious because he comes in he's like you still tripping about the murder the kid, what do you say? No, you still trip about the kidnapping. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, if a movie's gonna be stupid, it needs to be funny. Like this movie's like stupid and it's not funny. Like that, that, that's 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 why I gotta give it. You know, we are gonna jump into the score. I'm giving this a two piece. I'm yeah. like, you know, because there there are some parts of it that are good. You know, that court scene, that you know, the jail, all the jail shit in this movie is pretty good. Yeah. But, but um, you know, just the overall logic and, uh, you know, the quality from top to bottom, like, you know, I said, like, I, I'm not watching this no more. This, this is the last time I'm, I'm going to I'm going to see this movie. Um, so I'm, I'm going to get this, this movie a perfect score because from an entertainment standpoint, it was like from top to bottom. I was entertained, man. I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, and I, I I enjoyed the absurdity of this movie, and I just bought into the plot and the premise of a guy sitting back saying, you know what, I want to affect some change. And, you know, protesting's not going to work. Um, talking to these people aren't going to work because they're not civilized. So I have to teach them a lesson um, using, um, uh, you know, divine intervention tactics, um, divine justice. So, like, that's, you know, one-man army taking down the whole entire system. I've thought about this um, from time to time myself, so... Um, to to watch a man, you know, do it in in, in the fashion that he did, like I, I gotta love it, man. It's like, come on, you know, it's it's almost like if you have a supervisor, you know, coming up to you trying to like talk about like, oh yeah, I'm the supervisor, I'm important, you know. Sometimes you might want to interact a plan that uh, removes that supervisor. So, you know, 
I, I, I like what Clyde did, and I'm gonna give it a five because I like the message and I like the entertainment aspect of it. So if Steve wrote this movie, it would be called Divine Justice instead of Law Abiding Citizen. Divine Justice, yes, sir. I feel like that's a little bit better of a title. Because like he's not even yeah, follow- but- he he's not following the law at all. So I guess like law biases, like well, at no point was he following the law. Like you say he's a train killer or what that's a stupid title. So well, it's supposed to be like ironic or uh, what's an oxymoron, uh, right? Sure enough. Like you said, the divide justice is a little bit better of a, you know, teaching. Yeah, this is a divide justice. It's, but, it's, it's divide but, justice. But I, I like your explanation, but no. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's law abiding citizen. So, so um, wait, before we end this, you, you had no problem with Plainview killing his guy, but oh, a guy goes on a crusade to try to take over the system, and it's a bad thing. I've made my point several times during this podcast. Clyde is a hypocrite. Like <laughs> Clyde, is, Clyde is a trained killer that when he got a taste of his own medicine, he couldn't handle it and he snapped. Like I no, I don't I don't root for that. Like Plainview got betrayed by some idiot. Like it was like, yo, you're my brother, and I just want to steal money from you. Like, yeah, like, no, if a nigga steal, I need his right arm. That like yeah. Dark, Dark Low said that. So I, I agree with that. Yeah. Like this guy, like, no, like fuck your moral <laughs> stand, bro. Like, who are you? Like, no. Like you're you you were part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't get to switch up now. Like, yo, I, I was just killing people all over the world and that now I switched up. You compared him to Killmonger, like Killmonger get in the box too. You know, we do get <laughs> get the box like we almost skipped getting the box i like this is very important for this movie why you gotta shut the fuck up and get in the box man because like you don't get to in my opinion you don't get to switch like yeah he he switched and was like oh yeah well now that i have a daughter everything has to go my way or i'm gonna throw a hissy fit like fuck out of here like no, fuck that guy. Get in the box, Clyde. The whole movie can get in the box, yeah. but Clyde specifically. Well, I was gonna put the entire Philadelphia criminal justice system because I don't think you can have one man just uh, cause this much chaos. Like, you know, on the internet they always talk about these MK Ultra organizers. Like, you can't just have one of those guys. Like, there should have been another uh Clyde robot guy that you could call. Like, Yo, go, go get in there and, and, and finish this guy. Like. Like he can't be coming around here doing all this shit. So I'm going to put the whole Philadelphia criminal justice system uh, universe thing in this movie in the box. That's fair because I think this whole thing would have been avoided if they just kept him in a cell that he couldn't walk out of whenever he felt like it. <laughs> that's, the, like that's the whole situation. Like, Somebody's got to be helping him. I'm like, no, like, check his cell. He hasn't been there all night. Like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> Like, don't you have like guard like the coa he's supposed to walk around a couple times yo this movie's fucking dumb bro this movie does it's too suck. dumb this movie it's suck. too dumb to be a fucking movie i'm sorry like they, they didn't even think about it been gone for 48 hours he's somewhere in tahiti and out here i'm like yo like this this man he, he down at the diner having lunch and y'all talk about we have to stop him. This nigga was the janitor. He had time to take other jobs. He had time to be a janitor. 
That's how to be a trash truck driver. He's living a whole third life in jail. That, that's, that's bad writing. So, yeah, so that, that's law abiding citizen. Um, and uh, this has been another episode of The Last Man Potting. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, all that good shit. And we'll be back next week for all new episodes. Thanks for listening and watching.